Yo, party people, it's Ashley of SingleWomanChronicles.com, where being single is a beautiful choice rather than a miserable circumstance. And today's episode is sponsored by none other than my two books, How to X Your Ex, A Guide to Getting Past Unhealthy Relationships, as well as Single Woman Chronicles, an Atlanta love story, kinda. So I'm really happy that we're talking about Single Woman Chronicles because although this book is a fiction novel, meaning that it's fake, (laughs) meaning that it's made up in my head. But when I wrote it, I wrote it from a realistic point of view. The main character, Ariana, what she's going through, how things are manifesting in her life because of like internal beliefs, things she believes about herself, how she grew up, how she was raised, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. And it really ties into today's subject because today we're talking about addressing childhood trauma. So I put out a question to see what you guys wanted me to discuss next. And someone said, can we address childhood trauma? And I think that is an excellent, excellent topic because I believe that so many people right now are operating, especially in the black community, just because therapy was so taboo for such a long time. But now finally people are starting to seek therapy, but it's still not enough people because I genuinely believe that everyone needs therapy because therapy is mental maintenance, emotional discovery, emotional maintenance, self-discovery. Like why wouldn't we need those things, right? But I feel like a lot of people are operating in their adulthood from their childhood past trauma that has been unaddressed. So today I want to address trauma. I'm very transparent and open about my own trauma, about my own story. I don't tell y'all everything, but I tell y'all like the main points, right? But today I want to just open up and talk about it and help others who haven't gotten to the deep roots of what their trauma may be and why they're they have they may be stuck in cycles or why they may feel a certain way or why they can't boost their own self-esteem or why they're stuck in depression or why they feel like they continue to date the same type of guy or stay at a job that doesn't appreciate them. So let's get into it. Okay. So yesterday I was thinking about an analogy for trauma and healing, mainly healing. Yesterday I was thinking about an analogy for healing and I got a great one, y'all. <laughs> So how I look at healing is think about how if a right-handed person were trying to learn how to use their left hand, their entire life, their right hand has been the dominant hand. That's what, you know, they grew up using everything, but someone told them that if they were to use their left hand, they would have more optimal performance. So now they have to figure out how to start building the muscle in the left hand so that it can write and do everything that the right hand does, right? That's how healing looks. In our life, we're taught and our default is right hand. We're taught these things. We go through things in life. Stuff happens to us. So then we start to put on defense mechanisms. So those things become our default, right? But then when you go through therapy, You start to identify your trauma. You start to become self-aware. You start to realize, like, I can't keep living like this and have peace. Like, something has to change. I have to heal. But healing is hard. Healing is a process. When you start to try to learn how to use your left hand, your comfort level is your right hand. 
So a lot of the times, even though you think you know, okay, the optimal performance is on this left hand, it's way easier for me to use the techniques of my right hand. So many times you'll start to go and learn to use that left hand, but then you'll get days where you feel lonely again, or you'll get days where you feel angry that your life is a certain way, or you'll get days where you remember that past hurt and you've been using this left hand and it's been doing well for you. You've been building that muscle, but all of a sudden you don't even want to pick up that left hand that day. You want to use the right hand because the right hand's more, it's comfortable. It's easier. I don't have to strain. When you healing, you got to strain. You got to do what's uncomfortable in order to break cycles. You have to do things that your default doesn't want to do. Even though your default is toxic. Even though your default is the thing that's easier and it comes to mind quicker. If you were to react to something, you're going to use your right hand. You're going to go to the default. But a better way of handling your life would be to respond and do the left hand thing. But the left hand is new. It's hard. I feel like people think just because you overcome something, say you went through a breakup and now you don't miss that person no more. You don't really think about that person anymore. But a year from now, he that person pops up in your mind and you're like, bro, I thought I was over this person. But it's like healing is a bit by bit process and things will continue to come up. And I don't want anyone to think there's something wrong with them because this is a part of the process. This is why people don't do the work because somewhere along the journey, they think I've arrived, but you ain't never arrived <laughs> Like because every single day you're operating with your right and your left hand. And every single day you have to choose, am I going to use my right hand, which is the default and the easy way, or am I going to use my left hand, the muscle I've been building, the harder way, but the better way. Each day you have a choice. You can either go with that default right hand that messy stuff you've been doing or if you actually want your life to change you're gonna have to pick that left hand up and use it even though it's uncomfortable even though you don't want to so I had to drive home this analogy so you can understand childhood trauma and things of that nature right so if you go to most therapists if you go to any type of counseling most people will tell you that the way, especially, we're going to speak mainly on like relationship maintenance, relationship building, your relationship with people, your relationship with yourself. If you go to most therapists, they're going to tell you that the backdrop of your current life, how you see relationships, how you see love, how you manage people, the backdrop of that is your childhood. What did you see growing up? How did your mother love you? How did your father love you? How did your peers love you? Were you bullied? Did someone tell you something that stuck with you for the rest of your life? Did someone call you fat and you believed it? Did someone say you were a failure and you believed it? Did someone call you a slut and you believed it? Did you start to walk in that light since then? So we have to really dig down and get to the nitty gritty in order to understand and confront and address childhood trauma because you cannot fix what you are unaware of. If a check engine light didn't come on in your car, you wouldn't know that your engine needs to be checked. So in order for humans, that's why healing and emotional stuff and therapy is harder than the physical because if you get physically hurt, there's a break, you have pain. But when you get emotionally hurt, you feel the pain, but you don't know exactly where it is. So you're just kind of all over the place, right? So the best thing to do is to go back into 
your childhood and think about those things and ask those questions. So for me, as you guys know, didn't have a father growing up. Dad left when I was four. Then my mom, single mother, the way she was raised, she was the youngest of 12 kids. So her parents really didn't have the emotional availability that she needed. So guess what? She became emotionally unavailable. So I'm growing up in a household where I don't have a father and I also don't have an emotionally available mother. So the way I learned how love looked was through an emotionally available mother's lenses, right? Now it's not her fault because she couldn't fix what she was unaware of. She didn't know she was emotionally unavailable. She didn't start to discover that until she got older. Now she's available. Back then she was not. So the way I view love was a prove it type of love. I felt like in order to gain someone's affections, to gain someone's attention, that I had to cling to it and prove it. Because my dad left. I blamed myself somehow for that. And I felt like I couldn't do anything to stop that. And then my mom, because she was so cold, closed off and cold the only way she showed any type of happiness a smile or any type of affection was when I did something right when I went above and beyond when I cleaned up when she didn't ask me to when I um brought home good grades and showed her to her when I like did things overcompensated <laughs> so growing up my whole life I, I thought in order to receive love you have to overcompensate so guess what I did in high school when I started to date and nobody taught me how to date. Nobody told me about how dating was supposed to flow. Nobody, did nobody tell me what toxic was, what manipulation was, how to move, how you should show up, feel like your best self, be authentic. Nobody told me none of that. So I'm going off of what I've lived my whole life. And that's this prove it love because my whole life I had to overcompensate. So when I started dating, guess what I thought? I have to overcompensate. I have to prove myself. I have to do the most in order for this person to receive me. Childhood trauma manifested itself into my dating life, starting in high school. And then that led into college. And then that led into my adult life. And all of this fun from childhood, all of it, right? So we have to address it at the root. I think too many times, especially out here, because um, I just did the podcast on what the dating experts don't tell you. And it kind of coincides with that because so many dating experts, relationship gurus, they're only addressing the surface. For example, asking a question like, why didn't he call me back? Or why when I dated him for this long period of time, he didn't marry me or wife me. But as soon as he got out of that relationship, he wiped somebody else up. Why? Okay. Asking why I get why you want to know why, but I think the root of that is why did you even stay that long when you knew that he wasn't moving quick enough? Why did you give him that much power over your life to not move when you saw that it wasn't going nowhere? Like, why are you staying and remaining in a relationship? And I know for me, because I come from a prove it love for a long time, I based my dating experience solely on being chosen. Meaning that I didn't even care about like who I was being chosen by, meaning the guy that I wanted to choose me, he could have been whack. He could have like not even been providing my needs 
in the relationship. Could have been a horrible at communication. Could have just been okay looking. Could have just been, you know, not that caring, not really showing up for me, very lackluster and how he treated me. But I was so attached to wanting to be chosen because I didn't feel chosen growing up that that's what my dating experiences were based off of. But the reason I was able to identify that was because I went back to my childhood. Now, I didn't get to this place of awareness overnight. This has taken years, <laughs> like years, okay? So the first step to identifying your childhood trauma is to become self-aware that you have some. In order to heal and to be the best you, to live up to the highest potential of who you are yourself and not just be out here moving. Because a lot of people say they want to change or they want change in their life, but they don't want to change. Because what I'm understanding, the older that I get is, certain things you ask God for or certain levels you want to be in life require you to be a different person. Meaning it requires you to rise higher. So your situation won't change until you change, right? So a lot of us want that next level, but we don't want to go to the next level within ourselves. And in order to go to the next level... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership... We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Next level within yourself is going to take a stretch. And a part of that stretch is healing, right? Going back to the right and left hand. We got to stop using that right hand because that right hand is our comfort zone. You got to step into the left hand. You got to start building that muscle. You got to start rising higher. And so one of the best things you can do is become self-aware. Emotional intelligence, one of the um, aspects of it is self-awareness. Listen, you cannot heal anything you are not aware of. I say this all the time. Like, you have to first know who you are, understand yourself, and start to dig that stuff up. So how do you come to a level of self-awareness? Now, you can go out and you can read books on self-awareness, books on emotional intelligence, I would highly um, tell you, like, I would highly suggest that you do that. Me, therapy. Therapy is amazing. Now, I do want to disclaim this. Your first therapist may not be the therapist for you. I've heard many people say, like, oh, I tried therapy, but the therapist or therapy didn't work for me. And I'm like, how did it not work for you? Well, I didn't like my therapist. Okay, get another one. It's like if you go to a trainer and you don't really like that trainer, you're just going to stop working out. No, you're going to find another trainer. Or you go to a hairstylist, you don't like how she did your hair, you're going to just not get your hair done. No, you're going to go to another hairstylist. The same goes with therapists. Not all therapists are compatible with you. Not all of, all of them will give you what you need. So just keep searching, right? So I think it's really good to do a consultation before you pick a therapist. Do that 20-minute consultation. Talk to them. Don't talk to them in no fancy way. Talk to them like you talk to your homegirls because you want them to understand what you need, right? Because when I'm be interviewing therapists, I'll be like, listen, listen, sweetie, boom, boom. Like, this what it is, this what it was, this what it's going to be. 
So I can see like, how do they respond to me talking like me? <laughs> how they coming through? Do they feel like they can help me? You know what I mean? So honestly, truly, I always think going to therapy is your best bet. I feel like it's your quickest way because they're going to ask you questions to get to the root, at least the good therapist is, and they're going to pull things up and they're going to have you, you have blind spots that you don't realize that you have. And let's side note this. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. Heavily believe in him. Pray every single day. Listen to sermons every single day. I'm up in here. Okay. But at the same time, spiritual healing and mental and emotional healing are two different things. They are very different. So I do things to cultivate my spirit. I do things to cultivate my mind and my thinking, listening to motivational speech. And I also do things to cultivate my emotional healing, which is therapy, which is journaling, which is reframing in my mind. They're all three different things. I think too many times we focus only on the spiritual, but you're still suffering. You're still hurting. You're wondering why. This is why. It's three aspects. It's, it's three aspects. It's, it's spiritual, mental, and emotional. You got to work on that emotional too. And that's why we got to address this childhood trauma. Now, if you saying, oh, I can't afford a therapist, what can I do other than that? All right, I get that. You know, times is tight. Inflation is inflation and gas is like too much. It's just ridiculous. So what I would say is you're going to have to get some time of isolation, this could be 30 minutes a day. This could be you doing like one one day a week if that's what you have time for. But just understand it's going to take time. Give yourself 30 minutes or an hour a day where you sit in the corner and you start to reverse engineer your life. Okay? So let's use myself as an example. I keep getting into relationships where I feel like I have to overcompensate to earn a person. Where did that start? So I go backwards. Okay, it started with the feeling that I have to prove myself in order to gain someone's affection. Where did that first show up in my life? Well, when I was a child, my father left, but my mom was also emotionally unavailable. That's the trauma. That's the root. How do I heal from that? That's how you identify it. Okay? You got to reverse engineer. What's your pattern? What's your cycle? What's going on? Even let's go to me dealing with sex. As you guys know, I've been celibate for over five years. Why did I start celibacy? Because I had an addiction to sex. My addiction to sex was because I used sex as a drug. It was my high. It was the thing that I went to when I wanted to escape the world and my problems. Why was sex that thing that I was using? Well, I enjoy sex. Sex was cool. But at the same time, sex didn't do anything for me emotionally it actually had the opposite effects although my body was getting pleasure my emotions were not every time I had sex I felt less than who I was I felt low in self-worth after sex after every encounter I questioned if the guy was going to leave all of these things right where did that start well when I lost my virginity my first cheated on me a month later and we were no longer together. So there was a fear that already attached to sex that whoever you have sex with will leave you. So that anxiety <laughs> was manifested into every sexual encounter. Because after my first 
cheated on me when I gave him something that I valued highly. I value sex so high in high school. Like I was the virgin throughout high school. Like I was that girl because I didn't want to lose my virginity because I really value sex. But as soon as I gave it to someone, they devalued me and they devalued sex for me. So it began with that trauma. So I connected sex with abandonment because that's what happened when I had sex. I got cheated on and abandoned. That's the trauma. That's what you got to heal from. That's the root of it. So if you can't afford a therapist, start here. Start reverse engineering your life to see like, where is that trauma beginning? Where is it going? Now it's a very emotional process. It's a very emotional process. And it can get sticky, but sit in it. I, we too much time, too many times we escape, and when you continue to escape the hard emotions, you'll never overcome them because you're running from them. You have to go through it in order to get through it. So sit in that. It's okay to cry. It's okay that this thing that happened years ago, over a decade ago, still hurts because you never faced it. I don't like the phrase time heals all wounds because that's a lie. Time makes you less invested in the wound because you're forgetting because day after day is getting buried under other stuff that you're going through. But until you face the wound, it's not going to heal. It just covers it. Time covers all wounds. <laughs> it doesn't heal them. Only intent heals wounds. So you have to understand that, right? But... Because today's episode is on specifically addressing the trauma, I just want you to get to the level where you are getting to that point where I can address this trauma. I know what it is now. I'm aware of what it is now. What's my next step? You know what I mean? Everybody's different. I can't tell you exactly what your next step is. Again, I be in therapy. So, <laughs> so it's a whole journey for me. And I be in therapy when I'm up and when I'm down. Cause again, for me, it's emotional and mental maintenance. Like, so when I have my therapist on call, when even if I'm having a good, you know, time in life, something hits and I'm like, mm -mm, this triggering me. What, how should I handle it? What should I do? Tell me, remind me of the tools now. So once you identify the trauma, I do say a good thing about it is um, a good way to, combat it is to write a letter to the self that went through the trauma and kind of like alleviating the guilt because I feel like we as people we take too much guilt for the bad things that happen to us we somehow find a way to blame ourselves so you want to alleviate the blame because blame makes healing harder because basically you're putting yourself in the position like if you're blaming yourself how can you heal yourself when you're blaming yourself for hurting you like how the person that hurt you is supposed to heal you right no put yeah you may have some responsibility in it but put blame where blame should be don't put it on yourself because when you carry that and internalize it it gets sticky it gets ugly and you really know by how you talk to yourself what are some of the self-defeating things that you're saying? Like me, I know when I'm tripping because I hide behind jokes. So I'll say little stuff like, mm, I'm going to get married when I'm 60 or I'm going to die alone. And I'll say it as a joke, but I'll be dead serious. Like that's a true belief. So really watch the way you joke about yourself. 
You know what I mean? Like, how are you really talking to yourself? Because where did that start? Where did that belief start? You have to uproot these beliefs. And a lot of these beliefs, again, started in your childhood. Like, why did, who told you you were damaged? Who told you you were dumb? Who told you you were too fat? Who, who told you this? Like, identify who told you these things because that's usually where the trauma started. And that's how you address the trauma. And this is a process. Again, going back to my analogy, think of it as trying to learn to use your left hand when you've been right-handed your whole life. That's what healing looks like. Every single day you have to choose, am I going to use my right hand? That's my default. That's the toxic trait. Or am I going to use my left hand, which is the optimal performance? Even though it's harder, I got to choose to use my left hand because that's what left hand is. It's, it's healing. It's a choice. I want to be better. I want my life to change. So I just got to keep building this left hand muscle so that I can be better in life so that I can stop reacting. I can start responding. I can start taking a step back. I can start doing different things. Not going to lie to y'all. Healing hurts. But so does keep like so does continuing to do the same thing over and over. <laughs> like they both hurt. Choose your fork in the road though, because the thing about it is healing. There isn't a better end to it. If you start healing now, you know your life's gonna be better. You know you're gonna start doing better things. You know you're gonna reach better heights in life. You know you're gonna start avoiding toxic people, toxic things, things you don't want. But you know. If you keep using that right hand and you continue to do the same thing, you're going to keep reaping the same thing. You can't keep doing that to yourself. You have to break out of this. You have to break the cycle. You know yourself, you got to break it because you're tired of hurting. You ti- you're tired of having the same problems. Bro, I'm tired of having the same problems. <laughs> Give me some new problems, Jesus. <laughs> like, what is going on? So, yeah, I thought this was a great topic. I hope this helped somebody. Um, if you're going through a breakup, my book, How to Extra X, is great um, at addressing it. Definitely some points in there. I've had people email me, message me like, listen, your book is hard to get through sometimes because it's really like confronting some things, facing some things. I do have a master's in positive psychology. It's really just a study of positive emotions. So the way I look at things and the way I write things, I'm very big on mental health. So... Just because I have a therapist don't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. Therapists, good therapists have therapists. So (laughs) understand that, you know what I mean? And I do offer life coaching. The only difference between life coaching and therapy is, to my belief, because everybody has their own opinion, but a life coach is someone who deals with a whole person that wants the plan of action now. So they want a quick plan of action. They want to know exactly what they need to do. And I specialize in, in dating and being, you know, single and overcoming certain beliefs that we have, but also like career stuff. If you're in your career, you feeling like you stuck, you know, hit me up, DM me. You can email me at info at singlewomanchronicles.com. So yeah, hopefully this helps. Like, share, comment, do all of that. All right, so next time, bye. I don't know why I did this, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.